production of Pioneer Utility Resources. Story Connect, helping communicators discover ideas to shape their stories and connect with their customers. What does it take to make your marketing campaigns work? That's what we'll be talking about on this episode of Story Connect Podcast. My name is Andy Johns, your host with Pioneer, and I'm joined on this episode by Lynn Hall, who is the Chief Marketing Officer at Highline. Lynn, thanks so much for joining me. You're welcome. Thank you. Uh, first off, congratulations. So we're here at the Calix Connections Conference in Las Vegas, and uh, Lynn's group uh, with Highline was named today as Calix's Marketing Giant uh, Award winner. So that's awesome. Good for y'all. Thank you. That is just a great honor. It really is. A lot of hard work went into that and a lot of teamwork. And so it's just very fulfilling. Uh, perfect. So uh, Lynn is doing a session in addition to picking up awards. Uh, Lynn is doing a session here at this conference called uh, Executing Campaigns That Win. And I think everybody on this, this uh, listening to this podcast is a fan of Campaigns That Win. Um, so go ahead and talk to us about uh, some of the examples that you'll be using in your session and what are some campaigns that you guys have done recently. Okay, I'd love to. Thank you. So, you know, one of the things that we look for is how do we make sure that our message is getting to the right prospect sure. and that they are, um, that they're actually moved to make an action. And so I just have seen a lot of our digital campaigns falling a bit short. And I think it's because there is so much digital messaging going on right now that, you know, people get overwhelmed with it. And so sure. they don't necessarily open every email that we send out or open and respond to a text or even a, uh, a Facebook ad. So we thought we would try something a little different. And we went to one of our print vendors and we started talking about die cut mailers. Okay. And so, you know, that's something that I haven't actually seen in a while. And we had one designed that looks like a house. And so when you get the, you actually get a postcard in the mail and it looks like a house and you can open it up. And what we use that for was to actually show whole home Wi-Fi in the house. Oh, okay. And so, you know, we got to actually make it look like it was a cozy home, but you could see Wi-Fi radiating, you know, throughout the home. And then you had room to put all of your bullets that you wanted to communicate sure. and what call to action. So it was, um, it was a great response. It was, we were entering a new market and so, you know, it's so hard in a new market. You're trying to get your name out there as well as sure. gain new subscribers. So it was just a really good way to kind of enter that market with something different. Yeah. Um, and, it, you know, our uh, customer service team was very involved. Like we made sure that we gave all of them copies so that they had it at their desk. Oh, that's and so important. You know, and so they had a tangible. They knew exactly what the customer was receiving, and they knew the call to action on it. So there was no question they didn't have to go look up something. Um, and so they were very prepared to answer questions from any of the new prospects coming in. And so it was, it was just very successful. And our other markets, 
you know, started asking for it. They wanted the whole home mailer. Uh, of course they did. Yeah, if something works, everybody's going to want to get right. in on it. Well, and you mentioned your other markets, and I guess I got excited and jumped in. But go ahead and tell us just a little bit, kind of a quick overview of Highline, you know, where you guys are and, and uh, you know, what you guys are doing, because I think I just jumped in and got excited about the campaign. Yes. So we're actually in six different states. We're in Georgia, Texas, Colorado, Nebraska, Kansas, and Michigan. And so we have a combination of um, customers that were legacy customers and were from ILEC territories. And then we have a lot of new build, you know, in, in the new areas of Michigan. We've got a new build going on in Georgia, one in Colorado, and one in Kansas and Nebraska. So a lot of construction going on in, in yeah. the new growth areas. Um, and so, you know, it keeps us really busy because we're trying to, like so many marketers, take care of your legacy customers at the same time that you're trying to gain new subscribers. Sure, you gotta be able to walk and chew gum at yes. the same time for sure. <laughs> well, going back to the campaign, thank you for the, the overview there. Uh -huh. um, but going back to the campaign, you, you touched on so many different pieces there. You know, keeping the staff um, engaged and aware is, is super important. Well, let's talk about the whole print and digital thing, because obviously you, to an extent, you gotta be everywhere. But we've we've heard a lot of folks say in the last um, couple of years, and you know, full disclosure, Pioneer does both digital work and print work. Um, that it, you know, it used to be 1996, 1997, when you got an email, it was a big deal. And, uh, but you would get a big stack of mail every day. And it's right. kind of flipped the other way now. That it really you know, we has. Get, I mean, every time I open my email, all the marketing messages are out there. But to actually get something eye-catching in the mail as a print piece is, is different. And I've even heard folks saying, on, you know, particularly the, the younger generations, like the Gen Z, um, those folks, to get something in the mail is, is a bigger deal. Um, maybe because they're, like you said, just bombarded all the time by digital. Right. And, you know, and I think it's not that you can just do one thing. I mean, you've still got to do every avenue. You've got to have um, your social media going at the same time. But, you know, one of the things that we did, too, was we took that same, the actual picture of the house, and we used that also in our social media. So, you know, you were doing the social media campaigns, but you were also tying it in to the look and feel. And, you know, and so I did wonder, and we couldn't measure that, you know, how much of the bleed over really happened because we were doing both and tying the two together, you know, it'd be something I'd love to know. Right. But it's, it's something that if they see it, then they'll, they'll recognize it and it kind of helps with that, that branding piece of it. Uh, when you've done other campaigns, uh, what kind of channels is that kind of the, the main focus that you do? You'll have a print piece and then kind of supplement it or, or you know, reinforce it with social? Or what are some of the other channels that you've used? Yeah, but sometimes we'll do something completely different so that it, you won't have the same look and feel. But, you know, we do a lot of contest as well, enter to wins, right? Um, because, you know, you can just gather so many new prospects that way and so we have certainly done that and it's been um, effective and you know you can do campaigns like that they you don't have to have a huge prize have a prize that people 
um, want, but, you know, something easy that can they can associate with. You know, blink and ring doorbells are such... They are loved by everybody out there. That's true. And so you can, um, you really can do a enter to win for that and get an amazing number of prospects, you know, and get their information so that you can start marketing to them directly. And we love to do those. Absolutely. Now, the thing that I always say around the office when we're working on a campaign, either for Pioneer or for somebody else is is what if it works? You know, like let's, let's plan for that piece with the call to action. And then like you said, preparing the staff. So what are some of the things that you do when you've got a campaign, um, you know, when you're working on one, whether it's the one with the die cut that you mentioned or something else, what are some of the kind of infrastructure that you put in on, on the marketing and sales side for, for when it does work, when, it, when you do win so that you're ready to, to capitalize right. when it happens? Yeah, because you do love to have um, the full staff ready to go, you know, and so we don't just train our customer service. We try to train all of our field technicians as well so that they know, you know, what's coming uh, and they're prepared because we'll have a spike in installations and we want them to be prepared for that, you know? And so um, we do make sure that we send out, we call them marketing flashes, but they are a notice of what is going on this week. Okay. And so it's very specific, but we send it to every employee. And that way everyone knows what's going on this week from a marketing perspective anyway. Um, and it does prepare everyone as well that, you know, if it is very successful, we're going to have a huge bump in installations that we need to prepare for. So that's been extremely helpful. And we, um, we also house those on our SharePoint. So you can always, you don't have to just go back to an email okay. to look at. You can go back and search for the campaign uh, by a keyword, and that really helps, I think, keep people um, in the know, and they have a resource that they can always go back to. Yeah, I think I think that makes sense. So the, the, when you're first talking about sending it out to everybody, that goes out over email, but then it's also in SharePoint where they yes, okay, exactly, got it. A couple of other things. Uh, let's talk about segments, um, especially with you guys being in different markets like that. When you're looking at a campaign like this, when you're talking about with the die cut, um, how do you go about deciding who gets it? Um, for this one in particular, who, who are you after and what kind of factors did you use to kind of carve up those segments? Right. Well, and it does depend upon, you know, exactly which campaign we're doing. Of in, course. In that case, you know, it was new subscribers. So we already had the address database of all the new homes that were going to be available. Okay. And so we took that database then um, and dissected it into segments so that we weren't sending all the mail at one time because then we would drive, you know, a lot of calls into the call center. Sure. And so we just kind of stagger it. Like and pace yourself, basically. Yes, and pace ourselves so that, um, you know, we are more in control of the number of calls that come in because I know never want to miss a lead. If a, if a customer is going to make the call, I want that call to be answered. Um, a lot of our people also go to our website, and so they sign up. We do have a, um, 
a shopping cart that's easy for them to sign up. Sure. Um, and and so that works as well, and we will drive people, you know, to that as well as to call. So we, we have both available. And that um, gets into that what if it works to make it easy for them to click right through. And yes, yeah. yes. Because, you know, then you're just you're building a pipeline of uh of customers, and that's the the ultimate to be able to go back and schedule. Um, but that's kind of how we, you know, do it on a uh, a new territory where you've got new homes. And then if we're going back into the legacy base, um, we'll use Marketing Cloud um, now, Experience Cloud um, Which to is the, the Calix product. Just uh, if you if you aren't familiar, but yeah. yes, mm-hmm. thank you. Um, because it's very easy to pull our subscribers out of that and look at exactly what services they have today and what they don't have today and to do an easy mail campaign that's you know focused on exactly what that existing customer needs. And so that's very helpful to us because it, it really saves a lot of time. Sure. When you're talking about a marketing campaign, the two things you know you always got to look at at the top, as you know, are um, you know are, are you going to expand it and try to find more customers, or are you going to try to get in deeper and do more work with the people that are already your customers? It sounds like you guys have had good success. Um, would you say most of the, the campaigns you're working on are with existing customers to I'd, add additional? I would services? really say most are for new, because we okay. have very aggressive subscriber numbers, and so. Um, just trying to make sure that we hit those first, but never forgetting the base because we want to make sure we're taking good care of our existing customer base. So how does the campaign differ then if you're looking at the, the two campaigns? The one we talked about with the die cut and all that is existing customers primarily. But if you're, how do you, um, I mean, going back to the very beginning, I guess the way you talk to them, if they're not familiar with you, how does the campaign change if it is an acquisition campaign going for new folks rather than one maybe focused on improving ARPU or something? Right. So if it is new, then you're trying to, um, you know, educate people on who you are at the same time that you're trying to compel them to take action on the product that you have. And so uh, I feel like it is very different. And, you know, we, uh, we try to stagger those because stagger them meaning not only within the marketing group, but also with the customer service group as well. We try to stagger those. And so we'll do a week of acquisition and then we'll do a week of upgrades, you know? Okay. And so it just, that kind of balances us. And so it just, you know, it, that works for us. And um, so you go with what works for you with the resources that you have, you know? Sure. It's going to be a little bit different for everybody. It so, is yeah. for sure. Yeah. Well, Let's talk, uh, last thing before uh, we wrap up here, but let's talk a little bit about results. So if you're looking at a campaign like the one that you sent, you know, I, I know the die cuts aren't cheap. Um, you know, right. it's, a little, it's a little pricier. How do you go about evaluating the success? You know, the digital, a lot of them have the analytics in there. Print is always, you know, historically, you know, tougher to figure out. Um, but there's some, you know, some ways to do it. So what are some of the ways that you guys look at a campaign and, and do you kind of regularly schedule that, that post-mortem? Let's look at it and see what went wrong, what went right. How do you guys, A, um, anything like that built in, and then B, what are the, the, the metrics or the um, success that you look for to determine whether or not a campaign worked? Great. So, you know, um, there are some great numbers that we can pull in, but both on the number of calls that come into the call center 
and um, how many actual responses we have through the website and tallying both of those together to see our success, you know, and um, I plan on having some campaigns cost more than others when I budget for the year to make sure that we can do some things that are different when we need to, ah, you know? Okay. Um, and so I try to always have that in my back pocket as to when to use that. But um, there may be times where the results that we see are more for gaining the customer's information than it was for actually getting the sale. Okay. So, and we count those as positive results as sure. well because you know then I can go back and, and continue to market to that customer with the information they gave us and reach maybe deeper results as a you know as a part of um, just continuing to go after that customer to bring them in but you know we we look at the number of certainly at the number of impressions that we're making on the website as well as the click throughs and the number of customers that actually give us their contact information, and we will, you know, categorize that into a good, better, best category to say, mm -hmm. okay, this campaign, you know, it really was good because we got all of these responses back, and we got why number of sales because you still always want to get the number of sales as well. But you know, right. I'm not as like, I do consider success to also be that they gave us their information so that we can go back to them again. So that can um, certainly score high on a, on a campaign as well. Well, you know, while we're talking about that, uh, do you have um, a number or guidelines? I mean, you, you see them if you Google just kind of the, the amount that you should be willing to spend to acquire a customer based on the lifetime value and all that. Have you found, and it's going to be a little bit different on everything, I guess, but have you found a guideline or anything like that to share with folks is how much to spend to go try to get new folks? Not really, because um, I, I look at it more from a penetration standpoint is more important to me. I need to justify... Uh, every new cabinet that I turn up, I really need to, by year five, be at 60% penetration. So I gauge more on the results of how many people I actually can bring in and sell and become a customer and have the lifetime value of that customer. Because once they come in the door, our churn is just very, very low. Good. So it, it makes a lot of sense to, you may have to pay a little more to get the customer, but it will pay in the long run and uh, that customer will be with you. So... We'll have, I want to hit those penetration oh, numbers. Sure. Yeah, we'll have to say that save that uh, discussion on fighting churn for uh, another podcast on another day. The last question I had for you, just to wrap up here, um, what advice do you have for somebody, whether they've done one campaign or whether they've done a hundred campaigns? If they're sitting here looking at, all right, we're about to start this, we have this objective, we're going to launch a campaign to do it. What advice do you have for somebody like that? You know, um, I think that it's so important to not lose your creativity, and. Mm. I think us as marketers, many times we do the same thing over and over again. And that's 
you know, losing some of your creativity. So I would rather get in a room and do a brainstorming session and come up with some new, unique ideas that may at first seem crazy, but as you talk through them and work through them, you'll find some pieces that really work. And I just, I would encourage everyone to keep that creative edge going so that we're not just doing the same old thing over and over again. I like it. Those brainstorms as a fun part of the job too, most of the time. So good stuff. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Lynn. I appreciate you joining me. Okay. Thank you. Enjoyed it. She is Lynn Hall. She's the Chief Marketing Officer for Highline. I'm your host, Andy Johns with Pioneer. And until we talk again, keep telling your story. Story Connect is produced by Pioneer Utility Resources, a communications cooperative that is built to share your story. Story Connect is engineered by Lucas Smith of Lucky Sound Studio.